Uh, I want to move in extension of what our brother was teaching on uh, the tithe and about the financial uh, promises of God. And in doing this, I want to read some scriptures, and it'll be primarily just scripture to scripture that will go. My uh, calling at one time was a pastor, but in the last years, God has brought me into another dimension, be a teacher. And we teach all over the world, three times in Asia this year. And God just blesses us and moves us forward, allowed us to write a number of books on the subject. And today I would just like to uh, share these with you, please. And uh, as we begin, I might say that the scriptures should come up on the screen, and I'm going to read them. So as you try to go find it in your Bible, you might get behind so if you have something to write with, just write down the scriptures and you'll be able to go back through them and it'll be a blessing to you. Many times we get to look at a scripture up in our Bible and three statements went by that we should have heard. You know, there's a two uh, scriptures in the Bible that caught my attention back in a time when I had nothing. We had two houses repossessed. We had a car repossessed. We had many, many financial troubles in our life. Nothing was going right. We were born again. We tithed. We loved God. We gave. We, we believed Him. But something was missing. Now, out of my traditional teaching before I became a teacher, there was a teaching that believers were going to live in kind of a semi-situation, uh, just about average in finances. But that's not what the Bible says. And the day I picked up what the Bible said, it began to happen in our lives to the point that today, many, many years ago, we were debt-free. Now, freedom in the natural realm is not freedom unless you're debt-free. But if you can get, you know, be careful because many times we know the Scriptures. We know the Scriptures, but we don't really believe that Scripture. We believe it's in the book. We believe it's for someone else, but we don't believe it's for us. And I just bring you today just some things about the abundance that God wants you to have. He wants you blessed and not just getting by. He wants you to go into a dimension beyond that. So let's look into a few scriptures. And they'll come up on the screen. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you. We're out of the Amplified. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a bright future. Now there's a promise from God that good things are coming your way if you will just get in line with what he teaches. Now he wants to take you to another place. Now not especially to another location, but to another place of how you think and what happens in your life. You know the Bible talks about circumstances. Excuse me. People talk about their circumstances. Well, my circumstance is bad, this, that, and the other. Your circumstance is, on, is nothing more than the circle you stand in. And some circles are not very pleasant to stand in, and others can become very pleasant. So I, when I found myself in a circle of insufficiency, God's Word led me to step out into a whole new circle where things were being met in my life. I was able to gift gifts at, at Christmas that wasn't all plastic. Uh, I was able to put a whole new life with for me and my children. Now there's another verse in Judges 
18.10. When you go, you will, you will come to a people secure to a large land, for God hath given it into your hands, a place where there is no want for anything that is in the earth. No want for anything that's in the earth. Isn't that a, isn't that a wonderful thought? No want for anything that's in the earth. And you know, that's one of the great liberations that belongs to us, to live without want, without want. And uh, at first it seemed like, how can this be? But notice with me, if you will, that uh, yes, it's in the Old Testament. And now be careful with this, because many people put the Old Testament in an inferior light than the New Testament. And they talk, and bless their hearts, they've moved on to the New Testament, and the Old Testament is not significant to them. But listen to this by word, word, verse a minute. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in, the right, in, in, in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now catch this with me, please. The early church, the early church, right after the uh, resurrection of Jesus. Many of us think, oh, they went out with this beautiful New Testament and they taught. They won almost the whole world to Christ and they did not yet have the New Testament canonized. There was a book of James over here. There was a book of Peter over here. There was a book of Paul or two in Corinth and these different places. You have to be real careful not to let your mind drift from the fact that there are tremendous promises of God that come to you and they work pretty good because in the early years, the Bible was not in her hand. It was not the complete Bible. It was, it was until 350 A.D. 350 A.D. From the time that Christ died, 350 A.D., finally the Scriptures were brought together and there was a new Testament. So be real careful and don't brush over these because these are promises that God makes you, powerful promises. And yes, they come from the Old Testament, but that doesn't mean it is the no longer uh, applicable testament. Because in it we see, we see not just, oh, I'm going to get this, and we don't slay a lamb and all those things, but we see a general description of how God wants you to live. How God wants you to live. And please know this, it is tremendously intimidating when you have nothing to think, oh, one day I'll have more than enough. Child of God, please know this. Please know this. If you believe the line of the world and the line of the traditional church, you're going to find that you're going to live in a substandard kind of living. But if you can independently come out of the thoughts of man and come into the thoughts of God, you will move into a whole new level financially. Our brother taught this morning about the tithe. It gives you an open heaven. There's really nothing going to drop your way if heaven's not open. And then offerings are throughout the book. But there's no place that God ever mentions giving that he doesn't mention receiving. Now, many places he, he mentions receiving without mentioning giving. So we come to know that God's desire, when we move in our finances towards him, he immediately takes note of it and begins to move in the finances of our life. Now, you have to have good ground for this to work. You have to have good ground. And in this day and age, where do you fit, put good ground? Well, I find this. From the time that Sister Pat and I came into this church, 
we have found it to be good ground. Good ground. And when it's time to plant seeds, well, when does it come? Well, you have the tithe every day, but then there are special things that come up. Special things. A special offering that's coming up. A special dimension of increase, of, of completion that the church wants to come to. And be real careful that you don't miss that opportunity because in that opportunity lies a whole new life for you. A whole new life for you. Let's go a little bit further. And uh, here's what the problem is. If we don't thoroughly, completely, absolutely believe the Word of God, we're not going to come into God's best. It just is not going to happen. Because listen to this word. If the foundations, we're in Psalms 11.3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the people do? Listen, there is, if, if, if you don't believe the Word of God, there's no sense going to church. It becomes a social, it becomes a social event instead of being a relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So if the foundation is destroyed, what are the people going to do? Well, it's better to go fishing on Sunday. It's better to go do other things than to just sit around someplace where the Word of God is not first and foremost, and every bit of it is believed. Listen to this verse. Very careful. Very good. Matthew 5, 18. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot nor one tittle shall be in no wise uh, come to pass, uh, taken to pass, excuse me, shall in no wise, uh, I'm sorry, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Hope you can catch that. Hope you can get a hold of that. If you don't have the Bible as a foundation, if the church is just a social activity to you, you will get some fellowship but you won't come into what God, the best that God has for you. Now, when I came into this, all of a sudden I found out, my goodness, I can bring the best there is to my children. I can bring the best there is to my grandchildren. And now to my great-grandchildren, we see that the best is there for them. Now, can you picture that? Many times it's time to do something. We think, oh, Lord, here, we, it's a birthday. We've got to give a prayer. Oh, my golly, it's an anniversary. Those things are not going to happen in your life. There'll be more than enough. And we'll look at a scripture in a few minutes that really puts that up front on the first page with you. Now, in John 10, 10, Jesus said that he has come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly that we might have life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and that you have, might have it more abundantly. Well, okay, what is abundantly? Is it a sandwich beean what you need? Is it an extra gallon of gas in your car at the, end of the, at the end of the week? No, no. That word abundantly is over and above and more that is necessary. That's what the Greek dictionary says that word is. Exceedingly abundant. It just comes right on down. And abundant, you'll find that that word means over and above. It's a tremendous, and it's up to go on further, beyond necessity. Beyond necessity. Now catch this, and we'll see it in a moment. If you can just barely get by on your finances, when it comes time to give to others, to see about someone else's need, to reach out to a neighbor, all of a sudden everything is stopped because you just had enough. You know, that's the worst prayer you can pray is, God, let me have enough. No, no, no. You need more than enough. More than enough. It's got to be above what you need because all over the scripture, you'll find that you have to meet someone's need. One time, 
when we lived in uh, Fort Worth, there was a our neighbor lost his job. Good man. And uh, I don't think he was a believer. I don't know. I, but he was a good man. And he lost his job and he was going to lose his house. And now I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what God can do when you come into more than enough. We made the payment on that house for almost a year till he was employed. Are you catching what I'm saying? How could we do that? Well, we didn't have a payment on our house. So as you hear this, don't say, well, this is so, this is so different, Brother John. You probably grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. No, I was born in South America. I came here as an immigrant, legal, but I came. And uh, we started out, Daddy had a little trailer house. Just a little, you could touch the walls of it when you put, he put both hands out. Two couches on the end that made into a bed. But I watched him as he moved out with a feeling of responsibility for the family and had some ambition in his heart. I went that road. Prosperity came in a degree to me, but I'd lose it. I'd lose it. And what was the problem? He had a tremendous uh, energy about him to make a living, but I got to that point and it just wasn't working. And then I found the gospel. And when I found the gospel, things cleared up. Make the house payment, make the car payment, see about this, see about that. But when I came into the truth that I'm telling you about now, the cars got paid for, the house got paid for, no more debt, no credit card debt. Oh, Brother John, it sounds impossible. Well, you had a better start than I did, most of you. You started out in this great nation. We came here with nothing, absolutely nothing. Didn't hardly know how to speak the language. And today, God has blessed me exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. Let's go just a little bit further. And uh, in Mark, uh, the, uh, I just read that, 3 John, the second verse. 3 John, the second verse. Now, the Apostle John is writing in this third uh, uh, book of John. Book beyond that is the book of Revelations. But now in his tremendous life of understanding what the gospel said, he makes a statement. He says, I pray, beloved, I pray. Now, you'll find in the King James, the word wish is written. But apostles didn't go about wishing. Apostles were uh, direct in their thinking. And all of their thinking was wrapped around what God said. And John says, beloved, I pray above all things that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, that's a powerful piece of information there. Number one, he said this is his prayer, top prayer. I pray above all things. I wish above all things. That word wish is much better prayer, pray, and almost every translation since the time of the King James uses the word pray. I pray, I pray. Now, look at this. He says, beloved, I pray above all things. This is the top prayer of the Apostle John. Oh, when you're getting John, you get very spiritual. Yeah, but John knew you had to eat. John knew you needed shoes. John knew that you needed garments. John knew that you had children to take care of. You follow that? And he says, I'm praying above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. What does that mean? See, your soul is what you understand. What you understand. If you understand what Democrats understand, you're a Democrat. If you understand what Republicans understand, you're Republican. If you understand what independents are, you'll be an independent. 
every bit of that comes down into you. And what you understand is who you are. And that word there that comes at the end of that, it says, according as your soul prospers. Well, your soul is who you are. Now, your spirit is what keeps you alive. But your soul is who you are. And that comes from understanding. And God says here in this verse, as John speaks, he says, all of this is coming to you. Prosperity and health, but it only can come in the degree that you understand it and accept it. Are you catching what I'm saying to you? It's one thing. Oh, yeah, I believe the Bible. It's true, every word of it. And the Bible says that John's praying that you might prosper and be in heaven. Well, you know, that might mean that we have, uh, that we, uh, have some nice chairs to sit in. Listen, he's talking about, absolutely talking about personal, personal increase in your life. And how does it come? You have to be sure that these things aren't just, yeah, it's in the Bible, but it doesn't pertain to me. Now, same thing with the filling of the Holy Spirit. I pastored for a number of years without the filling of the Holy Spirit. But then one day, I was looking through the Scriptures, and I began to understand that praying in tongues, being filled with the Holy Ghost, was mine. I could have it. Now, if I wanted to ignore it, I, I didn't have to have it. But when I understood it, and when I believed it, and stood on it, I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and I speak with tongues. From that time on. Are you grasping this? Yeah. I hope you're catching this. It is not what's written in the book. It's what you believe that's written in the book. You have to believe it. Now, just a little bit further. Uh, I hope you're understanding what I'm trying to do. Just put some scriptures in your mind. Now, listen, Romans 8.32. If you think that you're, that you're destined to insufficiency or that you're destined to barely getting by. Here's what it says. He that spared not his only son, I believe we're up there with it. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up to, up to us all, up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Can you imagine God giving his son Jesus, and then you need a car, and he says, oh, no, 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 car, out of the question. Too expensive. <laughs> He's already given the most valuable, precious thing in the universe. And if he did that for you, why wouldn't he do these other things for you? Well, Brother John, i got about 10 more years on my mortgage. No, no, no. You may have three years on your mortgage if you can just believe it, that God wants you out of debt. You know what's happening? Your debt encumbers the income that's needed to preach the gospel. Now, now watch what I'm saying to you. There's a certain amount of money needed to preach the gospel. But if we're loaded down with debt, we can just barely get our tithe made, a few dollars in our offering. But if the debt is off of you, you can put a surge under the gospel of Jesus Christ and send it many, many places. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. I'm not fussing at you. I'm just telling you what's available. What's available. Now, there's a lot of stuff in this town available, and we don't go buy a lot of it. Some of it we don't buy. This is available, and God help you if you don't buy into it, if you don't get a hold of it, and start, and then here, catch this, catch this, as long as we give and don't have enough, our problem is that we have to have a change in our giving, are you catching that? Let that get close to your heart, because it's absolutely true, as long, just, just take all the time you want thinking about it, 
but now when you uh, give, and if there's not sufficient, and God says He'll do it, He'll bless us according to our tithing, according to our giving. Well, what is it? Do you then take and just fall back and say, well, it's not working for me? No, you press into it. And if you have to press into it one dollar at a time, 50 cents at a time, but get out there where there's an abundance coming forth from you. And as that abundance comes, the gospel will be preached everywhere. And in that preaching of the gospel, something powerful will happen in your life. All of a sudden, debt will be falling away. New car can be bought. Here's the honest truth. Sister Pat and I, you can put us on a lie detector. I can't tell you how we got out of debt. I can't tell you. It was like, my goodness, do you realize this all we own the car? Wow, what happened? Well, God moves in mysterious ways to accomplish His purpose. And His purpose was, as I was reacting on what His Word said, that He would get finances to me. And I look back, and as God is my witness, I can't tell you we did this or we did that. But we absolutely, as we increased our giving and moved closer to God in our finance. And remember this, where your treasure is, is where your heart will be. Oh, Brother John, I, I, just can't, I just can't see tithing. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you tithe, all of a sudden you're tied to the gospel. You're hooked up with the gospel. Why? Because wherever your treasure is, there will your heart also be. See, you put your treasure in a motorboat, and your life will be on the open sea. You put your treasure in a motor home, and your life will be in the open road. That's where you live. But if you can get your finances into the house of God, and see to it that there is something powerful happening in your life. Now, don't get, don't get mixed up about this. It doesn't, you, you may not give at the level that uh, someone else gives, but here's the thing. You give just above what you can afford to do. Just above that, if nothing more than a dollar. And then move to the next level, and all of a sudden God will surge underneath of you, and He'll start moving you into a whole new kind of life. Young people, listen to me. Your children will be blessed if you get a hold of this. I mean, your, your relatives will be blessed if you get a hold of this. Your parents will be blessed if you get a hold of this. Now know this, my parents didn't believe like I believe. But I was able to bless them financially. Why? They had blessed me. Every Christmas, every pair of shoes they got me, every pair of pants they got me, everything they did for me. There they were, providing for me. And now I was able to provide for them. But I was constantly having to borrow money from them before. But now the abundance of God got into my life. And now he has brought me to a position that I understand that if he gave his only begotten son, why wouldn't he also give me anything that my heart needed, my life needed? Why wouldn't he do that? Is there anything that he wouldn't do for you if he's already showed his cards and said, look, here's what I'm doing. I am going to take care of you in the same manner as I took care of you those many years ago when my son went to the cross of Christ. Are you getting it? Get, get a hold of that. It's life changing. It's absolutely life changing. Let's go a little bit further. and I'm not going to go a whole lot longer. Uh, let's go a little bit further. Uh, let's go over to uh, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now what does that mean? What does that really mean? You know, I could ask for something. I could ask you for something. 
but I can sure come up with more that I'd ask you for about what I think. Yeah. We, we're afraid to open our mouth. You know, oh, that'd be, that'd be too much. I, I'd be embarrassed to say that. No, no, he says, you're going to have, if you'll just get in step with what I'm doing, let your understanding get a hold of the Word, and he says, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to bless you beyond what you can what you can imagine, what you can ask for, or what you can think. What you can think. Lord, I need a new car. Yeah, I know. I want this car. Yeah, but now I'd really like to have that over there. But I won't say anything in my prayer about it. Well, come on and say it. Because there's nothing that I won't put into your life if you are moving towards God with your finances. Now, when you get over into, I believe it's the book of John, uh, you come to a point where there's a widow that comes up. And that widow, read it close, it says she had something on her mind that she wanted. And she came up with two pennies. And people, the fat cats, were throwing money in by checks all over. And it's a, oh, what is my gift going to mean? No, no. God says when it was over, this woman has given more than anyone else. Why, God? How is that being? That doesn't even make sense. Well, this guy gave a thousand, this guy gave five thousand, and here's two pennies. God doesn't look at how much you give, He looks at how much you have left after you've given. That woman had given it all. Well, how's anybody going to out to give her? Oh, they might have put big numbers down, but don't be, stumped. don't be caught up with big numbers. Just see to it that one of the great uh, things you have in your life is that your finances are in the kingdom of God, and because of that, your heart will be drawn closer and closer to the Lord Jesus. Now, please know this. Everything changes your life every time you get closer to the Lord Jesus. Every time you get closer, there's something new you learn. There's something you lay aside and something else you pick up. Now, how do you get that close? Well, you know where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. And a moment we're going to hear that God has a special relationship with cheerful givers. Cheerful givers. But let's move on to another thought right now. And uh, it's 2 Peter 1, 3. Now, oh, I just read that to you. Let's move on to the next one. And uh, we find here in uh, Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs first. I had 1 Timothy first, but Proverbs 10, 22. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now you say, Brother John, Brother John, what do you mean the, it makes you rich? Well, it means that you have more than you need. Do you understand? If you have more than you need, then where are you different than the person that has uh, more than he needs and got some that he can give also? See, your needs don't have to stop you in doing what God wants you to do if you can just get into that level get into that level of having your treasure with the Lord. I'm not pounding on you. I'm just simply telling you what probably 40 years of study has brought me to. God's let me write 52 books on the subject. I'm not a novice to it. And I want you to know that right now there's a better position that you can have. There's a step up there's a circumstance you can move out of, and it's all going to be tied to your financial relationship with the Lord and your clean living. Now, you can live in sorry, and you can give all you want. It's not going to change anything. 
Not going to change one thing. But as you come more and more into the image of Christ, as you try to put away the flesh, you'll find that your finances will now move you into another dimension. Now, I wish I could tell you something else, but that's exactly what the Bible says, that in this increase that God wants for you, because most of us can't get this far with it. Most places you go to hear the Word, they can't get this far with it. They can't get to the point that God will meet your needs and abundantly above your needs so that you can give freely to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you say, Brother John, you mean getting rich? I thought there was a problem with getting rich. No, look at here. There's two verses. 1 Timothy 6 and 10. 1 Timothy 6 and 10 is going to tell you one system of getting rich. There's two systems, and when it says rich, it means more than enough. There's two systems in this world that finances come to an individual. Number one, you'll find over here in 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced, through, pierced them through with many sorrows. What does it say there? The system that the world sets up for uh, prosperity, it will come. There, You can't deny it that it comes. But follow those lives and see what happens as the, the uh, reaping of worldly increase moves in on them and pierces them, pierces them. Now, how does that happen? Well, look, look at people that have been in Christ for a long time and have lived for God. And what is it? Their families are in good order. Their children are in good order. I mean, they're, they're, they come into old age and they still have uh, uh, they still have a snap to their life. Think about this. Think about this. It's in the world system that method of getting rich it ends you up pierced through with many sorrows. Now I just read to you Proverbs ten twenty two, the blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Child of God, it gets better. With the world system, it gets worse. It gets worse. I mean, they're in, they, they don't know how to, they don't know, for instance, old age. Most of this world system can't handle old age. They can't handle old age. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting old. Oh, my God. I, I can't run as fast. Oh, my God, I can't jump as high. But if you're in Christ Jesus, and if you're walking in the truth of God, there'll be enough. You won't have to be worrying. And you'll understand that you are given truths in the Bible that state that your age has made you a great asset to the body of Christ. I mean, you know, when I was younger, I used to think, oh, these old folks, I had a good way. But then I started seeing that they were prospering and I wasn't. And I said, no, 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 that's not going to happen to me. I got five kids. I got things on my mind to do. And I got to get in step with God's plan for my finances. Well, let's go a little bit further. Uh, we're going to look from the scriptures here. It's pretty long. Genesis. I want to look at Genesis 1.27. Now, where does all of a sudden this generosity of God, where did it start? Where did it begin that all of a sudden God's interested in you being blessed? Where did it start? Well, in Genesis 1 and 27.28, God created him. Male and female created he them. That's the last part of that 27th verse. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply uh, and, uh, mul and replenish the earth 
And then he goes on in the 29th verse, and God said, Behold, I have given you every herb, every tree. And when you read just a little bit further, it says that he has given you, he has given you, and given to Adam, I'm sorry, he gave him a river that he could follow. And if he followed that river, he'd come to gold. Gold, over to John. Gold, let's not talk about gold in the church. Lord, God is a gold, he likes, he likes gold. I mean, he's got golden candlesticks, golden art, uh, golden streets. I mean, don't, don't, don't put that rap on God that he just hangs around poor. He wants nice, he has nice things. I'm telling you, it just goes on beyond that. You, you'll find that when Jesus shows up in the book of Revelation, he's got on a gold girdle, a gold girdle. And we're told to be like him. Oh, Brother John, you, you, you listen. I am not going into excess as far as the Bible teaches, but I am going into, into excess for what the world teaches and what the average church teaches. Listen, you start into believing what I'm speaking to you now and really believe it and immerse yourself in it. You're going to have conflict. You're going to have conflict. It's going to come upon you because people don't want to hear this part of the gospel because they think, well, I have to manifest it. I'll have to manifest it. No, no, no. Be careful with that. You don't manifest it in one day. But you go from glory unto glory. And you know what glory is? That word is shining, polishing. You know how you would polish something and it'll go to glory? You polish it some more, it'll go to another glory. It'll just keep getting brighter. So catch this down in your spirit. Let this get in you. God wants you blessed. He doesn't want you just getting by. And please know, there's nothing wrong with just getting by. I'm not ragging on you if you're just getting by. But hey, come out of that circle. Step into another circle. The circle of having needs met. The circle then of having your house paid for. Step on out into the circle that has your cars paid for. Step out into the circle that has your retirement set. Whew. Brother John, is that possible? Listen, if the Bible says it, it's possible. If the Bible says it, it's possible. So I encourage you to be involved with what I'm teaching about. And in the 27th, uh, uh, second chapter of uh, Genesis, the 7th through the 12th verse, let me see, I've got it marked here. Uh, yeah. 7th, okay, let me get that just a second. He says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. There he put the man he had formed. And out of the garden made the Lord to grow uh, every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food and the tree of life which is the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge. And then the 10th verse was the verse I reached for a while ago. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. John, God, I mean, how do you, you can have a nice garden if it's next to a river where there's all the water you need. It says, uh, and a uh, river went out and went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it parted and became four heads. And the name of the first was Pison. That is it which compasseth the whole land of Hivilah and where there is gold. Are you catching that? 
the first thing God says to the man, number one, you can have plenty. You can multiply. You can have multiplied what you have. And then he comes along and says, and by the way, you follow that river down there, and gold is there. And the next verse says, the gold was good. It's good gold. Catch this with me. Why tell Adam the gold's down there and say it's down there, but I don't want you to go down there. No, he said, you're going to be like me and my golden altar and my golden candlesticks and my golden streets. I want you blessed financially. But Brother John, I can't hardly get a hold of that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I believe it because it's in the book, but I don't believe it for me. That's where you miss it. The Bible is true, but it's got to get a hold of you. Got to get a hold of you that what it says will absolutely happen to you. Well, I appreciate the time we've had together this morning. I, I hope you learned something. I, okay, and uh, just, uh, just put these things in your heart. Put your life available to the pastor and all of the times that we meet together. The Bible says, not forsaken the assembling of yourselves together. We're to be in God's house. And you, you heard our brother here speak I, I, in the offering. I'm around preachers all the time. I hadn't heard anything better than that. I've heard maybe uh, uh, fancier stepping around and doing all kind of things. But I never heard better than that. Where did he get it? Didn't get it out of the newspaper. He was right here in this house until it became a part of him. And when it becomes a part of you, whatever it says about in the book will happen to you. Praise God. Let's stand.